Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to listen to this message. To get more connected with us, you can look us up on all social media at CLC Victoria and download our app. Now, here's this week's message. Loses his life for my sake and the gospel will save it. Sounds like a contradiction. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? You know, that speaks to me a lot. Because that verse right there tells you the value value of your soul, the value of who you are. You can gather all the things of this world together. You can gather all the riches, all the valuable things. You can put it together and you can put it on a scale. You can put it on God's scale and you will always outweigh. Just you by yourself will always outweigh your soul, all the things of this world. Somebody asked me, you know, how do you know the value of something? It's all determined on the price someone is willing to pay. And Jesus Christ came and he paid the price for your sins. And you can't put a price tag on that. So I want to put that in there. It says, what, for what can a man give in return for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the angels, the holy angels. You know, you may be wondering, who's saying this? What is this? You know, what's the context behind it? What's actually happening right here? This is Jesus Christ. And he's talking to the disciples. And actually before this scripture, in, in a verse before this, he says, gather everybody around. I want you to get all the disciples because I have something to say. Every time that Jesus spoke, he sowed a seed into somebody. He spoke something into somebody's life. Not just empty words, but words that they could take with them. Words that, you know, were talking and describing the kingdom of God. He spoke in parables in tons of different ways. And this is right here, one of the ways that he spoke to the disciples. So we're going to be talking about this today. And then why don't you turn to somebody and tell them my title, What Do You Have to Lose? What do you have to lose? And after you've done that, you can go ahead and be be seated. I'm so excited to speak to you guys this morning. So pretty much the wonderful life, that's talking about the movie. How many of you ever seen the movie, It's a Wonderful Life? It's a classic, a Christmas classic. I encourage you, if you have not watched that movie, watch it during this holiday season, especially during this sermon series, because um, we're going to be relating parts of that movie um, to this sermon series as well. But last week was the first week where we talked about a wonderful life. And we talked about possessions, and we talked about relationships. When it comes to life, what is the meaning of life? Like, that's a really big question. I don't know about you guys, but I am a deep thinker. I think about things, you know, just simple, you know, questions are big questions. I I think about them a lot. Like, what is the meaning of life? So my dad preached about that last week, talking about the meaning of life. And many people put their focus on things of this world when it comes to possessions, when it comes to money, when it comes to clothes. Whenever it comes to, you know, what kind of house you have, what kind of car you drive, and that dictates and determines how successful you are. But in reality, true success is not 
found in all those things. And true value is not found in any of those things. But true value is found in the relationships that you have. That you can put a price tag on the family that you have, on the friends that you have, because this world is temporary. It, it's dying. It's hurting. And one day it's going to be gone. And what are you going to have with you? What are you going to take with you to heaven one day? That's going to be your family. So we talked about how relationships are so much greater than possessions and life moves at the speed of relationships. And this week, we want to talk about risk. Turn to somebody and say risk. Because one thing I've learned about risk is that if we don't take risk, we will live a life full of regrets. We will live a life full of regrets. And this scripture right here, just to give you guys a little bit more context, you know, Jesus, his ministry lasted three years or so, right? It lasted three years, you know. He was 33 at the time of his death, and 30 years leading up to, you know, three years of his ministry, leading up to the crucifixion, and then he died, and three days later he rose. But he was speaking to the disciples in this, in this scripture right here on Mark's account of the gospel, and he was telling them, for whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? This is one of the paradoxical um, statements of Jesus Christ. You know, it sounds like a contradiction because we are so set on things of this world. We, we, we say to ourselves, I'll believe it whenever I see it. You know, whenever we can touch it, whenever we can feel it, then I'll believe it. And we're so set on what we see and what, what's tangible, you know, as far as things in this world. But Jesus Christ, you know, he, he was not just a regular man, but he was the Son of God, 100% man, 100% God. And his assignment and, and what he did was advance the kingdom of God and pay the price for our sins. So he told the disciples, you know, don't try to save your life, you know, because you're going to lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel will save it. And gospel actually means, if you look at the definition, a revelation of who Jesus Christ is. And there's two theories on what he was talking about when it came to the statement. Two people, you know, two different translations that people talk about. First, you know, they believe that he was talking to them in this manner because he knew what was ahead of them. He knew what they were going to face. Did you know that out of the 12 disciples, only one didn't get murdered? John. All of them died a horrible death in all kinds of different, brutal ways. But John was the only one who didn't die. Because here's, here's the difference between us now in America. How many of you are thankful for the rights and the freedoms and liberties that we have? We can never take what we have for granted. They were facing persecution. You know, especially if you were a follower of Jesus and you proclaimed the gospel. They were putting people in prison. They were stoning people. You know, they were killing people. They were persecuting different Christians in that time. Christian, a follower of Jesus. So they were persecuting them. And Jesus was simply telling them, hey, you know, guess what? You're going to face some things in life. Because let me tell somebody something today. Because you accept who Jesus Christ is, and you repent, and you start your walk with God. That doesn't exempt you from challenges, but at the same time, Christ says that I will never leave you, I will never forsake you, and I'll walk with you through the challenges that you face. 
Because you need to have a mindset of looking beyond the things of this world, looking beyond the moment, and looking beyond into eternity. Because we have a reward. Many of us put all of our, you know, money and everything in our bank account. We think that, you know, we're going to take that with us to heaven. Let me tell you something. Life happens. Stuff happens. You know, things occur. And things, you know, as far as rewards in this world, you know, go so much beyond, you know, things that happen, you know, here, here on this world. God has so much greater for us in heaven. What I'm trying to say is this morning is that don't try to store all your treasures here on this earth where moth come to destroy, where vermin come, where it rots, where it ages, where things really don't last. But God is saying that he has rewards for you in heaven. And what you got to do is have, you know, uh, you have to understand that you have to take a risk. And whenever you are open to risk, you are open, you're, you are opening yourself to reward. You are opening yourself up to reward. Because God, let me tell somebody something. God remembers every good thing that you do. How many of you are thankful for that? God remembers every good thing that you do. I did not say God remembers every bad thing that you do. Because once you repent and once you confess in who Jesus Christ is, all of a sudden you are a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. You, you were, you know, it was red as scarlet, but now you are white and as pure as snow. You saw snow this week and it was awesome. Whenever Jesus comes and he saves you, he takes something that was dirty, he takes something that was dead, and he brings it to life. He makes it pure, he makes it whole, and he makes it perfect. But it's only through Jesus Christ and his sacrifice. So he forgets all the bad things in life, and he remembers all the good things in life. And guess what? He's going to remember it into eternity. So I believe that every good thing that you do, you know, every risk that you take here in life for God, God is going to remember the risk that you take, and he has a reward for you. And yes, I believe God can reward you while you're here on this earth. He can manifest things. But let me tell somebody tonight that may not be seeing all those things, God has a reward for you in heaven. God has a crown for you in heaven for everything that you face. There is a reward in heaven. Turn to somebody and says, if you take the risk, you can get the reward. You got to be confident in your belief. And, and Jesus risked it all for us. He risked it all for you. He, he risked it all for me. He chose not to give into temptations. He risked relationships with friends and family. Like, and here's what the Apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter 3, verse 7 through 8. It says, but whatever I give, Whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus for my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. Look at that. He said, I have suffered the loss of all things. This is somebody who, you know, got touched by God, and they left everything behind to preach the gospel, to travel around, to help establish churches, who was an apostle, and he lost all things. Can you imagine losing all things? Like, think about it. Your, your car, you know, maybe some relationships that you have, you lose everything that you have. What do you have left? Because that really, you know, puts things into perspective whenever you, you lose everything. But let me tell somebody tonight, even if you lose everything, nobody can take Jesus Christ away from you. 
Nobody can take Jesus Christ from you. Nobody can take that salvation from you. The devil cannot take it. You know, friends cannot take it. Enemies cannot take it. Nothing can take it. But it's whether or not you're willing to accept it. So he said, I got all these things and I count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. And one thing I've learned is throughout the years, the more Jesus that I have, the more blessed I am. And everything else is secondary. And we're, we're talking about it's a wonderful life and incorporating, you know, the, the movie with, with our teachings and everything. And I think it's a cool movie. But I want to show you guys a clip of a time that George took a risk to dance with Mary and what followed afterward. Media team, can you go ahead and show the clip on the screen? Charleston contest. The prize, a genuine loving cup. Those not tapped by the judges will remain on the floor. Let's go. I'm not very good at this. Neither am I. Okay, what can we lose? swimming pool under this floor? And did you know that button behind you causes this floor to open up? And did you further know that George Bailey is dancing right over that crack? I've got the key. would jump in there you're all suited up in your tux and your outfit and everything like that <laughs> it's funny it's funny but it kind of reminds me of our walk with Jesus right because let me tell somebody something whenever you say yes to Jesus 
Jesus is not really concerned about your comfort. Because one thing that I've learned is that complacency is your greatest enemy when it comes to your destiny. Complacency is the greatest enemy of your destiny. And George saw that girl. He, he saw her and he said to himself, I, I want to go and I want to approach her and, and I want to talk to her. But, but he had this fear. You know, I'm sure he had this little fear, this little voice inside. And we all have that little voice. We all hear this other thing. And then we have, a, we have another voice as well. But here's one thing I've learned in life is that, you know, whenever people are scared to take a risk, it's because of two separate reasons. Number one, they're scared to fail. They're scared to fall short. They're, they're scared to mess up. And they say to themselves, what if I do this? What if I go this direction? What if I mess up? What if I fall short? You know, how am I going to redeem myself? You know, how is this going to happen? You know, and, and I'm sure he thought that to himself. And then the second thing that people are afraid of is success. They're scared of taking that next step because they're scared of succeeding. Can I handle this pressure? Can I handle the weight? Can I bear all of this whenever I take that next step and go that direction that I feel God has called me to go? Let me talk to that person that's scared of succeeding. God will never give you too much that you can't bear. You're not lifting that weight on your own. You're not facing those obstacles by yourself, but you have something inside of you. You have the Spirit of God inside of you, and greater is He that is inside of you than he that is in the world. So whatever obstacle that you face, just know that you're not facing it by yourself. And God can redeem you. God can help you. No matter how many times you've fallen, God can pick you back up. So whenever he approached this girl, he took that step. I don't know what, you know, what, what, what in life you feel like God is tugging you to do. Maybe it's starting a business. Maybe it's reaching out to a friend. Uh, maybe it, it's getting furthering your education. Maybe it's doing that one thing, you know, that you've kind of put on the back burner for a long time. Um, but, but let me tell somebody tonight, God isn't concerned about your comfort zone. And Jesus will always place you in, in a place where you, f you kind of feel like you're forced to take that next step. You know, where you feel like, you know, I have to do this, you know, I have to do that. But let me tell somebody tonight, God is with you and he's never going to forsake you. And when, it, when Christ is in us, he causes us to overcome but we ourselves, we have to try. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 says, Now thanks be to God. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, it says, Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. Triumph in Christ. And through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. So pretty much God is leading you into triumph. One scripture that, you know, I love is God, you know, when it, whenever it talks about our future, it says that, you know, God has plans for us, plans for a future, plans not to, to harm us, but plans to prosper us. God has plans for you, plans to prosper you. Let me tell somebody tonight, I mean today, that God went ahead of you before you took that step. That God went ahead of you, ahead of you, that Jesus Christ, that he is with you. And before you take that step, Jesus Christ took the step, and he made a way. He's got your back, and what's inside of you is greater than what's ahead of you. What's inside of you is greater than what's ahead of you. So God always leads us. And here's my first point. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. Turn to somebody and say, you have nothing to lose 
and everything to gain. I remember whenever we started this church um, just about a decade ago or so, um, you know, we started in our household. Um, we had about, you know, four people, and then we moved to a hotel room. And then we came to this location, and we fancied it up, and now we're getting ready for our next place and everything like that. I'm so pumped up about that. But um, my, did you know my dad didn't take a salary from this church for three years whenever we started this church? Like three years, like endless hours serving, helping out, pouring into people, preaching, preparing a sermon. Because let me tell you guys, it, you know, it, it can take a while. I've prepared some sermons. It takes a while sometimes, you know, for me, especially if you do an in-depth study to, you know, come up with a sermon. But, you know, it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of effort. But my dad didn't take a salary for three years. My dad actually, um, you know, whenever he met my mom and they had Haley, you know, they, they went to, they moved to San Antonio. My dad waited tables and he was doing whatever he could to, you know, provide for the family. Let me tell the men in here, you were the head of that household, you know, lead that family, do whatever you got to do to take care of the bills, do whatever you got to do, you know, to take care of your family, to love on your wife, to love on your kids. And shout out to all the independent ladies in here that do it all on their own, that, you know, work jobs and take care of their kids and everything like that. Y'all are amazing. Y'all are so cool. And the guys out here. But then, you know, my dad, you know, he moved from that position. He got blessed with a job um, at STEC, you know, South Texas Electric Co-op. And he had that job out there. And, you know, he had favor with the boss. And he ended up getting a promotion and everything. And he was making about $40 an hour. So my dad was, you know, a father. He, he was a, a pastor. He, he, was a, he worked at STEC at the same time. So we had three different jobs. So whenever he had these three different jobs, he relied on the income of that. And then this church came to a place where he felt like God was calling him to take a step, to take a risk, and, and um, pretty much go full-time into ministry, put his full focus and full attention in his ministry. And he told me that was one of the scariest things that he had ever done. That was one of the biggest risks he ever took. Because you have to understand, for people that have, you know, ever looked into going into ministry, you know, there isn't a lot of benefits in this. You know, you probably don't not, you probably do not have an insurance policy. There is stuff out there, but, you know, you, with a job, you have a lot of benefits and you have that, that sole source of income, but this church is ran off the, you know, generosity of you guys, is giving faithfully. Can you give you guys a hand clap, all the faithful givers that give to this church to help the kingdom of God? But we can do what we do without you guys. But God was calling him and he, he knew that God was calling him to do it. And God gives us different impressions. You know, he tugs on our hearts. You know, he speaks to us in different ways to take a step, to take a risk. And he said that he was so scared to quit his job and to go full time. But he ended up doing that. And one thing I've learned is that God will always, you know, make a way. He'll always open a door. But you have to be willing to take a step and say to yourself, I have nothing to lose and I have everything to gain because my treasures are not stored up on this earth. This world is going to pass by. This, you're going to lose some things. You know, you may lose your investments. You know, you may have to, you know, you may lose some friends, but God will always be there. His kingdom is everlasting, and you're going to go into eternity. But you have to understand that you have nothing to lose and everything to gain. Let me tell somebody something tonight, I mean today. You may have to lose some friends. God may be calling you to lose 
some things. He may be calling you to lose some possessions, to take care of some things in your life that you're you're grabbing onto. But let me just tell you that what's ahead of you, what God has planned for you is so much greater than you could ever imagine. And you can't put a price on that. So you have nothing to lose and everything to gain. Whenever you open up yourself to risk, you open up yourself to reward. And here's my second point. God will meet you there. God will meet you there. So we understand that, you know, there's risk in life. And going back to that scripture in Mark, whenever we're talking about, you know, Jesus talking to the disciples and talking to all the people, I think it's pretty amazing how it started with the 12 disciples and Jesus. And then, you know, there was crowds that followed him. And after Jesus came and he died and he paid the price for our sins, he resurrected, you know, and then for 40 days or so, he walked around this earth. And whenever he was walking around this earth, you know, he, he ascended to heaven after those 40 days. And he gave the disciples an assignment. He gave them a commission to preach the gospel, to make disciples, to baptize people. And whenever he told them those things, you know, we, we started with 12 disciples. And, you know, they made more disciples. And they made more disciples. And Jesus Christ established his church. And we are here today. So one awesome thing about that scripture is that Jesus isn't just talking about, you know, when, when it, he wasn't just talking in context to those, to those disciples and the people that he was talking to, but he was actually talking to us as well. So whenever God says, you know, take a step, follow me, he says, I'm going to meet you there. And one story I love to look at to, you know, tie in with this statement is the story of Peter walking on water. You know, if you go to Matthew chapter 14, verse 26 to 29, I want to read this real quick. It says, And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled and saying, It is a ghost. So they saw Jesus. They're like, Okay, this is a ghost. This isn't real. What's happening? And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command, command me to, to, to come to you on the water. And, and Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And so he said, come. And Peter had come down out of the boat, and he walked on the water to go to Jesus. So, you know, Peter and the disciples, they're on the boat, you know, and they see Jesus stepping out onto the water and coming towards them. And then Jesus says, okay, Peter, you know, come, you know, he pretty much tells him, you know, God, if it is you, come, command me to go out into the water. You got to want it. You got to want to take your risk. You got to want to follow after God. So he took the steps. And if you read further on in the scripture, you'll find out that as he took that step, that he actually fell into the water. You know, he lost focus from Jesus. And whenever he fell into the water, Jesus Christ came and picked him back up. He came and picked him back up. I think that's an awesome description of our walk with God. Because let me tell somebody tonight, you know, you may follow after God. You know, you may take that risk, but then you may fall. You may mess up. You may fall short. Guess what? You're human. You're not perfect. There's not one perfect person in this room. There's not one perfect person in this world. Only Jesus Christ. He was perfect. He, he was spotless, he, you know, and whenever, whenever we mess up, whenever we fall short, whenever we fall, don't condemn yourself. 
Don't stay there. Don't stay in that rut. Don't say to yourself, okay, if this is God's will, why did I mess up? Why did I fall short? And why did I do this and why did I do that? But here at the same time while we're doing that, God is saying, you know, pick yourself back up. Follow me. Keep on going. And I think that's what we should do as a church, as a body of Christ. Whenever we see somebody accept who he is and follow after him and feel like they're in the will of God and they take risks, you know, they risk it all to follow after God and they fall short. We should not be a church that we should not be a church that condemns them saying, You messed up. I told you so. Why'd you do that? Why'd you do this? Why'd you do that? You need to have compassion and say, hey, guess what? I'm going to be right here with you. Let's get up, you know, and let's keep on going because we have a God, you know, that is merciful, that can take care of all our needs. So Peter had messed up. He, he had messed up and he lost focus and he fell down. And, and that one experience would be with him for his entire life. You know, later Peter would be stepping out in faith many times. So from that one moment, from that first step, you know, God showed up. You know, Jesus helped him up, and he helped him keep on going. And I don't know if you ever, you know, I don't know how you guys met your spouse, just like George and Mary. You know, you saw them across the way, and you had the audacity and the confidence or the courage to, you know, approach them and, you know, talk to them. You probably had a little bit of fear inside of you. Maybe you felt a little bit of pressure, you know, or whenever things were working out, well, like, oh my gosh, things are moving quick, you know, and you, you felt that fear of succeeding, like, oh my gosh, can I handle marriage? Can I handle this? Can I handle that? And you're going to face different challenges when it comes to that time. But let me tell you, if, if it's God's will, it's his bill. If it's God's way, then he'll pay. He'll make a way when there seems to be no way. You just have to have the confidence to take one step. Don't say to yourself, what if it turns out wrong, you know, if you're in the will of God? Because let me tell you something. Your job is not outcome. Your job is obedience when it comes to following after God. Whenever it comes to following after God, it's all about obedience. And you got to say to yourself, I have nothing to lose and I have everything to gain. And whenever I take a step, God takes a step. And God makes a way ahead of me before I even, you know, move. God sees your you know, past. He sees your future. He sees your present. He sees everything that you face. And let me tell somebody something. It's looking good. It's looking great. God is a plan. Come on, somebody needs God praise this morning. God is a plan. If you want to live a wonderful life, you got to be willing to step out of a miserable one. Many of us are complacent. We're in a place where you know, things don't seem to be happening. We're facing challenges and obstacles, and, you know, we're like, okay, am I really where God wants me to be? And that's where we need to ask God, God, direct me. God, guide my footsteps. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understandings. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. He will direct your steps. Can you go ahead and throw up my conclusion statement up there? If you want a wonderful life, you got to step out of a miserable one. If the worship team can come up, I just felt like this word was for somebody this morning that they need to understand that they have nothing to lose. You have nothing to lose. This world is passing by, you know, but God will always be forever. His kingdom will be everlasting 
And you have to understand and, to, and, and to, you know, make up in your mind that you're following after God, that this stuff is not an act, that it's not a play, but it's the real deal. I, I don't know about you guys, but this is real to me. A relationship with God is real to me. I, I believe in who he is. I believe he created the heavens. I believe he created the earth. He created me. He created every single one of us in here. And he has plans for us, plans for a hope and a future. And I don't know where you're at in life, but let me tell you something. Don't focus on just what's in this world, but focus on eternity. Focus on what God has, ha what God has ahead of you. And you have to be willing to take a risk. And whenever you open up yourself to risk, you open yourself up to reward. I feel like some people in here, can we all stand up to our feet this morning? Some people may be questioning, am I really in the will of God? Am I really where God wants me to be because things aren't looking too good? You know, things aren't going perfectly. There's some challenges, but I'm here to tell somebody this morning that may be questioning that, that felt, you know, that confirmation, that felt their calling. God's more concerned about calling than he is your comfort. And whenever you have faith and you honor God with your faith, God will honor you back. And God will back you up. And he'll redeem you. He'll help you. He'll guide you. But you have to be willing to take one step at a time. You got to be willing to put one foot in front of the other because that's what life is all about. It's a journey. It's a journey. And it's so much better whenever you have God. You aren't made to handle all the pressure, to handle all the stress of this life, all the anxiety, all the fear, all the hurt. Everything that you face in this life, you were not made to handle it. But God says, my yoke is light, and I'll give you a special anointing to keep on going. I'll let you, you know, tap into my presence. I'll let you tap into my source to keep on going. Because yes, you are an overcomer. Yes, you can do it. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And God is so good. Can we just, you know, worship? mission here at Covenant Life Center is to help our world live, give, and love like Jesus. If our ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love for you to email us at info at clcvictoria.org. You can get connected with us through our social media at clcvictoria and download our app.